by step, you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Be seated, please. We're glad you're here this morning. I want to welcome you and join with uh, everyone else who has welcomed you this morning. We're glad you're here. Whether you're here physically or digitally, we are glad that you chose to join us here this morning. Um, before we jump into the lesson, I want to tell you a couple of things. Some of you may not be aware, we have a, uh, a service that we partner with called Right Now Media. Right Now Media is... The, the simplest way that I describe it is it's like God's Netflix. It's, um, but it's, that's, that's a way oversimplification. But it has a, a ton of streaming programming. There are Bible studies. There are sermons. There is uh, an extensive library of children's programs. And uh, that is a free gift that Huntsville Church of Christ provides for you. You can go online um, at our website, uh, under resources, member resources, click, fill in a couple of things about yourself, and you're in, and that is totally free to you. Um, because we are partners with them, they are using us to uh, make a commercial that will be sent to other churches similar to our size, and so they will be here next Sunday, May the 1st, or is it the 3rd, 2nd, whatever next Sunday is, they'll be here. And, and they're going to be shooting some footage and whatnot. So I tell you that because uh, that's just kind of me giving you a heads up. If you're not into that, you don't want to be filmed for some reason, you know, uh, you're in witness protection, whatever. That's okay. Um, you, you, can, uh, you can join us digitally, but I wanted to give you a heads up about that. Um, we're in our series about uh, 1 Corinthians, hot mess, because this church is a hot mess. I mean... You imagine that you're Paul and you get this first letter. And, and you, you get this letter delivered to you from these people. And it's asking you all these questions and, 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 and all this stuff. And, and you're reading it and you're going, man, this is a mess. And then Chloe and her group who brought the letter said, oh, that's, not, that's just the stuff they're comfortable sharing with you. There's a lot worse. All the stuff they don't want to talk about, let me tell you about that. And so then they, they begin to tell him about all this stuff that's going on in this church and, and, and how hor horrible uh, everything is. And, and, and there, are, there are all these factions that are divided up and, and, and they're following different people. And each one of them thinks they're more spiritual and better than the others. And, and so worship comes, turns into this, uh, this American Idol free-for-all where... Uh, Everybody's up trying to, to, to be the star, and some of them are speaking, and some of them are, are preaching, and some of them are speaking in tongues, and some of them are leading songs, and everybody's just doing whatever they want to, whenever they want to, and, and, and arguing with each other, and, 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 and there's all this stuff going on. And, 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 and so Paul gets all this stuff. Now, if you're Paul, you get this stuff, and you're, you're going to write back to these people. These are, th this is a church that you love. You invested your time and your heart in this church. And, and now you're going to write back to them because you've got to set some of these things right. Where do you start? What do you start with? How do you, how do you address all this stuff? You, do you, you know, today, I think many of our churches would start with proper worship because that's where we always start. That's a big deal to a lot of us. And, and, and we get really bent out of shape about that proper worship. But Paul doesn't start there. 
a lot of our other churches, we would, we would start with sexual immorality because that's a big deal for us. You, you hear a lot of people, um, you know, you, you, uh, you, you need to preach more on, on sex. And, and, well, you know, that's, 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 it's a, there's, there's sins there, but that's not where Paul starts either. Paul starts, as we demonstrated the last couple of weeks, with the divisions in the church. He addresses the divisions first. Of all the failures, of all the problems, of all the, the sins of the Corinthian church, Paul addresses the division first. I think that's significant. I think that's significant. See, division is the first priority that Paul seeks to address. Now, if we're honest, that should scare us a little bit. Because we, we look at the Corinthian church and we think, man, thank, thank God we're not a hot mess like that. But, but we're a lot closer than we really want to admit. Churches of Christ were founded as part of a restoration movement. Our call was that we wanted to be Christians only and, and, and take off all the, 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 the names instead of being this kind of Christian or that kind of Christian or named by this denomination or that denomination. We just wanted to be Christian. But, but, and so the, our, our, our cry, our call was to unity. Christians only, but not the only Christians. But somewhere along the way, that shifted. And we became divisive. And we started to believe that we were the only Christians and that everybody else was wrong. And somewhere in that journey, we entered into this same divisiveness that Paul's condemning in 1 Corinthians. Instead of a unity movement, we became a people of negativity. Instead of a, 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 a unity movement calling people to Christ... We, we became a movement calling people to our movement. And separation and debates and arguing, and, and it all starts to sound a lot like Corinth. I follow Alexander Campbell. I follow Barton Stone. I follow the Gospel Advocate. I follow Sharpening the Sword. I follow ACU. I follow Brown School of Preaching. Whatever you want to go to, we can do this all day. And it starts to sound a lot like Corinth. And what would Paul say to us? What would Paul say to us, 21st century today? I think he'd say something very similar to what he says to Corinth. You know what he says to Corinth? He says, grow up. Grow up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. If you have your Bibles this morning, read along with me. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Remember, these are people who are priding themselves on how spiritual they are, on, on how, how progressive they are, on how their thoughts are so much better than all these other people's thoughts. And, and Paul says, no, you, you got it all messed up. You're just a bunch of babies, and you need to grow up. When I came to you, I, I couldn't talk to you like people of the Spirit because you were still acting like a bunch of babies. There's a couple of things that I think we need to see here because it's important. Even though he calls them babies now, he doesn't write them off, okay? He doesn't say you're a bunch of babies who are apart from Christ. He says you still have the Spirit of God. The Spirit is in you. The Spirit is working in you. You are Christians. You're just acting like a bunch of babies. Now that's encouraging for me because 
I have a tendency to act like a big baby sometimes. And, and it's encouraging to me that he doesn't ostracize or, or, or segregate or, or lamb blast them for that. Paul acknowledges that, that they are in Christ. The problem is that the Spirit hasn't taken root in them. While they are in Christ, they haven't got Christ living in them the way they should. See, spiritual maturity doesn't have anything to do with age. Spiritual maturity has to do with the Spirit. I've known more than my share of, of 80-year-old babies. And spiritual maturity is something that, that is not cultivated by years. It's cultivated by the Spirit of God. And so, how can you tell? You know, how do I tell, Paul? How do I tell if I'm, if I'm, if I'm part of a, a group of people that's, that's, that's uh, mature or not? How do I tell? What are the indicators? Well, he's going to answer that in verse 3. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being mere human beings? See, Paul says part of that indicator of my infancy, of my, of my need to grow up, is that jealousy and quarreling, envy and quarreling. If, if we're honest, we have to admit that babies are kind of jerks, right? I mean, let's be honest. That's why God made them cute, because they're kind of jerks, right? I mean, they only want what they want when they want it. And if they don't get what they want when they want it, they throw a little fit. Spencer, you know what I'm talking about. Spencer's barely awake around there. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, that, but, but for real, you know, it's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about I need my diaper changed. I need my bottle. I need it now. And if you don't get it for me, I'm going to throw a fit. And, and, and if we're honest, we have to admit they're demanding. They're selfish. They're only worried about their own needs. And spiritual babies aren't much different. See, it's all about me. It's all about the way I think this should be. And, and if you're not going to do it the way that I think it should be, then I'm going to throw a fit. That's spiritual baby. That quarreling spirit. C.S. Lewis once talked about the freedoms of being mature. And, and, and here's what he said. When I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret, and I would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I'm 50... I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be considered a grown-up. Paul uses two words here that our English translations translate jealousy and strife. Literally, it's, it's an envious and contentious spirit. It is an inclination towards quarreling or, or arguing. It is, it is an ongoing thing. It's not that you're having an argument. It is you are continually looking for fights. You are continually looking for arguments. Those are the marks of spiritual immaturity. Paul even goes so far as to call it worldly. Fleshy is the real literal word he uses. The Corinthians are still worldly because they're not acting like they're in Christ. They're not acting like Christ Jesus. They're acting like the world. They failed to realize that when they are in Christ, the cross turns everything upside down. It's not the same anymore. And you can't keep doing the things of God like the things of the world because they're incongruent with one another. That's the marks. Paul says that's acting like little children, babies. 
And you can see here, we stand here all these years later, and we can still see our own reflection in Corinth. And, and that doesn't mean that, that anybody's wrong or evil or, 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 or being condemned to hell, but it does mean Paul would say to us, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up and put aside the, the, the silly bickering and the arguing and focus on what you should be focused on. Paul's solution to this is to change the way we view both the church's leaders and the church's identity. Read with me. What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you've come to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, and God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. In verse 6, putting the, the Corinthians bickering over apostles into his proper perspective, Paul says, look, all I did was plant the seed. And then Apollos came along and watered the seed. But you shouldn't be following Paul. You shouldn't be following Apollos. You should be following Jesus Christ because God is the one who's making the thing grow. Paul, in, in declaring that God is making the thing grow, he, he uses an imperfect tense when, when he's talking about his, uh, his own uh, uh, planting seed. It, it, it was a singular event. And when he talks about Apollos watering, he uses a, a Greek tense that means it was a single event. But when he talks about God giving the growth, he's using a, a phrase that means God is continually making it grow. See, God's at work all the time, whereas Paul is only here for a short period of time. We were having a conversation just this week, and we are being blessed right now. Huntsville Church Christ is experiencing a time of growth. You can't tell it because of the pandemic and people being in and out, but we are experiencing a time of growth. You look around, you'll see a lot more new faces than you do old faces, and that has nothing to do with age. Don't get offended. Um, my point is, don't, don't say, well, praise God for Jeff Dunn. Because Jeff Dunn don't have anything to do with this. Don't say praise God for, for Todd Tipton or, or, or Heather or, or, or our elders or whatever. You can, you can pray for us because we need all that we can get, honestly. But Jeff didn't do this. Todd didn't do this. The elders didn't do this. God's doing it. We're just trying to humbly beg him to not let us mess it up. And that's what Paul is saying. Don't be putting your hope in a man. Don't be putting your hope in even me. Put your hope in God because that's the only thing worth putting your hope in. Our calling as a church, as a ministry, as a movement is to plant the seeds of God's mercy and love which will grow by God's action in God's time. We're called to nurture and water that mercy and love with compassion and with love. And to leave whatever growth comes to God. Because then, when we start focusing on what church is supposed to be about, instead of all that other nonsense, then we're going to start to grow up. We're going to grow up out of arguing over who's right and who's wrong. We're going to grow up out of, uh, out of arguing over my way or your way. We're going to grow up 
out of a contentious, envious, quarreling spirit. And we're going to ask God to help us grow up into the spirit of Christ Jesus. That's what we want to be. Like Paul and Apollos, simply servants. Servants of mercy and grace who are at work in the field of the Lord. This morning, if you want to be part of that, we want you to be part of that. Um, not because we're better than anybody else, not because we're super Christians. We're a, we're a hot mess too. But we have a Savior in Christ Jesus that gives us the power, the grace, the love to reach out into a lost and dying world. And we're trying desperately to grow up into that. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Whether that means you need to come and, and publicly declare, surrender your life to Jesus and, and be buried with him in baptism, raised to a new life, we would love to help you with that. If you just need to come and say, man, I, I need a reset. I need a redo. There's going to be elders and their wives and prayer partners at, at the back of the room this morning, and they're there to help you with that. Go back there and say, hey, man, I, I just I need a reset. Help me. Help me go to God and ask for that. That's what they're there for. Or whatever needs you have this morning. If you need somebody to pray with you, if you need somebody to intercede with you, to lift you up, we want to be a people of prayer because we believe that prayer is the work of the church. If we can help you, however, this morning, let's all grow up together. Let's do it right now while together we stand and sing.